Hey there, Surveillance Report podcasters. Just in case you missed my announcements, Surveillance Report has been temporarily delayed for us to finish up Go Incognito and some other projects. This is temporary. Uh, we are very limited on bandwidth. If you didn't see the announcement, I sent it on Telegram, Discord, Twitter, and the YouTube community page, so you can catch those in the future if you're following those announcement channels. To keep you fed with privacy, I just recorded this video for our YouTube channel and realized it was almost entirely audio-based. So here's a little surveillance report special. Hope you enjoy. Hey, so we need to talk. Buckle in and sit back. This isn't going to be technical, exciting, or thrilling, and there probably won't even be that many cuts, um, but it needs to be said, so here it goes. If you're watching this video, you're probably on the same page as most other people watching the video, which is privacy is important. At least I hope you are. If not, I don't know why you're here, but um, we still welcome you. Unfortunately, it's something um, it feels like we're losing every day because we really are, right? Privacy is a losing battle. There are constant attacks against privacy. Some succeed and some fail, but it really is a slow battle that we are losing. This video is going to discuss two, it's two major issues I feel we as a privacy community are failing to address, which actively works against us and we're actually at fault for it. This doesn't mean everybody does it, but it's a problem I've noticed and it's a pattern over the years being inside the privacy community. I hope by the end of this video you have some additional insight and you get some things to take away from all this. The first issue I want to address because it's a straightforward thing to debunk and demonstrate how disastrous it is for privacy. You'd be surprised by the number of people who simply don't care about those who are not private, calling them stupid, uneducated, or attention whores for just using social media. Um, seriously, just go through some of the threads on our privacy on Reddit. Um, it won't take long, and most of them have those individuals blaming the 99% of the population for not being woke enough. Seriously, dig for them. They're not hard to find. First, you should care about them, because that is our responsibility. As someone who is woke. It's your job to help educate those around you and have empathy for them. Imagine going to a car mechanic and being laughed at for not understanding something basic to the mechanic. Perhaps a more common example that's affected most of us uh, is the teacher who laughs at students for not knowing something they haven't been taught yet or they're even expected to know. Outside this being our responsibility, let's say you still don't care about everybody else. Well, my second point makes it about you, Mr. Selfish. Um, the reason we live in such an unprivate world where companies like Facebook have 2 billion users is because they have 2 billion users who aren't aware of privacy concerns or don't care enough about them. This enables Facebook to stretch into everything, buying WhatsApp, who used to be regarded as privacy friendly. Even Signal has an indirect link to Facebook as the memes are hosted by Giphy, which is a Facebook company. The U.S. is able to get away with not having any federal privacy regulation in 2020 because over 300 million people don't give a damn. It's nearly impossible nowadays to avoid Google on the internet where it's used for just about everything because billions of Google users use their products without understanding the privacy concerns. These are just a few of the countless examples, we can make a whole hour video about this, that are caused by a lack of global awareness, and each of these can both directly and indirectly affect everyone else, including yourself who cares about privacy and takes precautions to improve it. 
you ignoring the root problem of the majority not caring will catch up to you. Yes, today you can use Signal, Tor, all of these other tools to protect yourself while letting everyone else rot. But what happens when encryption is outlawed because no one cared? What happens when using Tor is deemed a criminal offense? What happens when all the tools you use cease development because there aren't enough people using them to financially support the project? I rest my case for issue one. The next issue I want to address is how we think about privacy and spreading it to individuals. In general, I feel that rather than bringing privacy to the masses, which should be our goal, we're forcing people into privacy and gatekeeping those who do not follow what we believe to be the correct path. Let me demonstrate what I mean using the one and only privacy subreddit. Someone may ask, how do I use Windows privately? And the top comment is normally, just use Linux. This comment is unuseful for so many reasons. First, the person asked about Windows. We don't know if they need Windows for their career or studies. We don't know if they have the ability to use Linux on their hardware. We don't know if they're too afraid to use Linux because they can barely navigate Windows. We just don't know their situation. Second, there are many improvements you can make on a Windows machine to make it more private and secure without changing your operating system. Yes, Linux is the goal for most, but the person asked about Windows. The comment also fails to address alternative solutions that work for the individual, like dual booting or getting a second device dedicated to using Windows for what they need. The comment also fails at explaining why Windows is not a good choice and why Linux is a good choice and what problems Linux both fixes and doesn't fix because it doesn't fix every issue and in some cases creates new ones. In short, the comment completely disregards the needs of the individual looking to improve their privacy. After seeing this comment, as well as countless others like this, it's understandable why the original poster may lose interest, and it's sad that we lose people from ever getting into the world of privacy because of misguided individuals around us. This video, I actually want to bring up some solutions, which you may or may not agree with, and that's fine. These are just my thoughts. So how do we bring privacy to the masses and not force people into privacy? How do we fix issue two? Um, there's no one right solution, but I do have a few I'd like to share. First, there's building hardware, software, and educational tools, which out of the box respects individuals. And this is the most important part, offers a valid alternative to what people are used to in an easy, convenient manner. The latter part's the more important part. If we make the entry level into the privacy world as easy as possible, people are more likely to move over. This is why I'm a huge fan of projects like Signal and Brave, despite some of their faults. At the end of the day, Brave matches and beats Chrome in a lot of places with pretty good out-of-the-box privacy and security, and Signal matches and beats other messengers with also mostly out-of-the-box privacy and security, both projects being open source. Our entire channel and communities and projects like Go Incognito are designed like this in mind, with thorough planning, production, and everything down to even like little tiny details and style being done for a reason, and that's to make privacy as digestible and familiar to people as possible. We could make content probably five times as quick if we didn't dedicate so much time to the production. I think we need to see a lot more of these kinds of projects like Signal and Brave designed not for privacy advocates, but for people with privacy built in by default. 
The second solution I have to bringing privacy to the masses and not forcing people into privacy is understanding there is no single answer or method to becoming more private and secure. There are countless solutions for different individuals and their threat models. In short, it's a spectrum. I'm gonna pick on a comment someone recently left. I get these all the time, but I picked this one because it was the most recent. On our Calyx OS review, someone commented, dude is running Discord and Google Maps on a phone with a FOSS operating system. Ha 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 ha. And first, it was a test review phone. My normal phone barely includes anything proprietary, not to mention anything at all. Um, second, this makes the assumption that unless you're running 100% open source software, you've gained nothing, which is completely wrong. In this case, using Google Maps and Discord on an open source phone using MicroG is leagues better than using the two apps on a stock Android device running proprietary Google Play services. I'm gonna pick on the FOSS and GNU community here because they're so easy to pick on for doing this since they do it constantly, but it equally applies to the privacy community, although I'd argue less severe. This entire attitude is a slippery slope, and here's a demo showing why. This commenter is using Google. There's a very high likelihood that their computer includes some kind of proprietary hardware or firmware. Even projects like the Librem 5 have proprietary aspects to them. So is this commenter not worthy of meeting the standards of GNU? Do they even have a voice to say here in this YouTube comment section? This person may have a microwave in their home. Is that not open source? Because if not, then they're just a fake advocate for free and open source software which I don't actually believe. I'm using this as a demo. I find it ironic that the people fighting for software freedom and the freedom of others to choose what they want to use in an unrestricted fashion shame them for not using the software they deem to be acceptable. It's beyond hypocritical and naive at best. You're living in an idealistic world where everything uses open source software, which is just not the case. I think we should work towards that, but that's not the world we live in today. The reality is there are countless products people use for their hobbies, jobs, school, and other activities that are not open source and simply can't be replaced by open source software in 2020 without some kind of sacrifice which not everyone is willing to make, and we can't blame them for not wanting to do that. Tying this spectrum argument into privacy, you can't have the expectation for everyone to be 100% private or even an idea of what private is. Is private running all of your devices on cubes with a Hunix virtual machine running through 600 Tor nodes? Is that the standard? And anyone not doing that is considered not private? Um, one of the reasons I love Calyx OS is because it enables people to choose to use it like a phone. And Nick Merrill, the guy who runs the Calyx Institute and is as much as a privacy advocate as it gets, has even said in the Calyx room on Matrix, we think if people have the need to use something proprietary, then they should have the option to do so, and I'd rather them do it on Calyx OS than stock Android. This, people, is the perfect mentality to have, and it is spot on. It's about improvements, small changes, and being accepting of shortcomings in everyone's configuration because everyone has them. I'm a firm believer that convincing the 99% of people to change their search engine and browser to something even slightly more privacy-respecting will have an infinitely larger impact than shaming and gatekeeping the 1% of people for not being quite 100% of what they consider perfect. Uh, uh, yeah, we're all fighting for privacy, so seriously, let's just work together here. The third solution I have to bringing privacy to the masses and not forcing people into privacy is setting aside what you know and what you believe you know and starting from the basics with the individual in mind. 
Let's say you have a grandma who uses Windows 10, Google Chrome, with Google as the default search engine, and she communicates with her friends on Facebook. Without screaming your head off, your first tendency to improve her privacy may be to think of what to switch her to. Let's get grandma onto Linux, a hardened Firefox, switch to search.me, and have her delete her Facebook account. This is already a complete, utter mistake. Your first question shouldn't be how to move your grandma to privacy tools. It should be, how do I bring privacy to my grandma? So now you'll think, how do I keep grandma happy with her search results without sacrificing her privacy? Start page is a good option if she's set on getting Google results. Ask her if she's willing to try Brave, as it's very similar to Chrome with many improvements out of the box. Offer to go through her Facebook account and configure it for better privacy. It's a small shift in thinking, but an extremely important one to make that's more realistic versus idealistic. That's also shifting the subject of the question from privacy to your grandma because she is the person who's going to be affected by this and we can't lose the central human element. At the end of the day, we're dealing with people who have lives and privacy and free and open source software simply most likely are not going to be their priorities like it is to us. And that's okay. If we have no empathy towards this and we forget the people, we will fail. To recap my solutions, there are two demographics of people in the 99% that are unprivate in our world. The first are the people trying to get into the privacy world, which is probably really small. The second, and the majority, are the people not trying to get into the privacy world. These are just people on the streets. We need to focus on both of these demographics, yet we're failing both of them. We commonly fail the first demographic through gatekeeping and shaming and forgetting that it's someone's first time learning about privacy. And we fail demographic two through our inability to see the human and put them at the forefront of our solutions, rather than pondering why they don't see things the way we see them and why they don't just understand why privacy is so important. So, what now? Hopefully this information has already made you think. If you've ever done some of the things in this video, that's okay, we've all done it. It's easy to lose sight when helping people new to a subject and stick to what we know and the communities we're used to. We're all guilty of this. The important thing is reflecting on how we could have done better for the future so we can better cater to the billions of people who actually need our help. In our communities, we have a rule that was recently added that prohibits gatekeeping. This is very well enforced on Discord and Telegram, and you have every ability to use the software you want to use without fear of being shamed for using it. And we will work with that threat model and find solutions that work for you, because that's what's important, you. Matrix, we're working on it. PrivacyTools.io is also doing a great job with this. I find their subreddit and communities to be infinitely better than other communities, like the subreddit privacy. Typically, if you ask something like how to make Windows private in the PTIO communities, they'll break it down for you properly in an understanding manner to keep you in mind. And I hope they continue to do this. I already shouted out the Calyx community on Matrix. They do a great job of this as well. On top of building an entire product, Calyx OS, with these ideals in mind. Just check out the slogan on their website. They really do stick to it. And I actually was interviewed recently by a podcaster called Enemy of the Surveillance State, and I'd highly recommend giving that a listen as a huge chunk of what we discussed was how to make privacy as accessible to people as possible and avoid our natural tendencies to gatekeep. And paraphrasing something he said, which I felt really takes it home. At one point in time, we didn't even know how to use a fork. It's an important thing, as privacy advocates need to remember, it's easy to forget that at some point in time, we didn't know about any of this stuff either. 
we really dove into this entire concept in that podcast. I'll leave links in the description to everything I just talked about. I highly recommend checking all of it out because they do some great stuff. And that's the video. It's something I wanted to get off my chest because it's been a problem I've noticed for a long time, and it's a pretty simple fix that I think could make a huge difference in the long run. If you enjoy our content, which is designed for everyone, we ask you to support us on Patreon or become a privacy supporter on YouTube. We have cool perks lined up for you, including a fun monthly live stream for our supporters, and the August live stream is happening in just a couple days, so tag along if you can. I'd love to see more people join those. Lastly, leave your stories and comments below. I'd love to hear your journey into the privacy world, what you have to say as likely many of us have been on both sides of the coin in the noob phase and possibly also the meanie phase. So feel free to discuss your previous incidents. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Thank you for watching. This has been TechLore, and I'll see you next time.